The Eduscope Show on Chalk Hill Community Radio, an internet radio show identifying, exploring and discussing the many factors that influence our children and young people's educational progress. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening everyone. Whenever you are listening and wherever you are listening from, greetings to you all. Welcome to The Eduscope Show. My name is Ariane Mercurius-Taylor. I am a social entrepreneur, the founder and CEO of Upreach in the Community CIC, mummy of one, a private tutor, and most importantly, I am striving to be the best me I can be. This is The Eduscope Show. Last month was the very first episode of The Eduscope Show, and we launched by introducing myself, Ariane, my not-for-profit organisation, Upreach in the Community, and the motivation behind the concept of the Eduscope Show. I also spoke about some of the topics that we will be delving into for our future shows. You can listen to the full version of episode one on our SoundCloud channel, or for a more straight-to-the-point and condensed version with no music, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can find all of the links on our website, www.upreachinthecommunity.com, or by using our Linktree site, https colon forward slash forward slash linktr.ee forward slash Upreach in the community. This month is our second episode of the Eduscope Show, and we will be highlighting the government's initiative to help close the attainment gap caused by school closures during the COVID pandemic and lockdown. The National Tutoring Programme, NTP for short, is the government's direct response to some students within the UK not being able to catch up with their schoolwork due to the school closures and lack of access to online learning facilities. They therefore face the possibility of lagging behind educationally. This episode will outline the purpose of the National Tutoring Programme and the government's plans to extend the NTP past its initial introductory phase. We are aware that the NTP was launched in October 2020 So we will update you with the programme's progress over the past few months and provide you with opinions from various educators as to the impact and usefulness of the programme. Throughout this episode, you'll hear from John Nichols, who is the president of the Tutors Association. Natalie from our broadcasting team will be posing some pertinent questions which showcase the details on the workings of the NTP and its potential extension far beyond the initial rollout. We also have the results from a survey we posed asking parents and students their opinions of the NTP, so stay tuned for that also. Overall, we hope that you will take away some vital information about the National Tutoring Programme. If you feel that the NTP will benefit you or your child, Perhaps you can approach your school or your child's school for more details on how they might be integrating the programme into their current support system to help students catch up. The Eduscope Show is brought to you by Upreach in the Community. Before we hear more about the NTP from John Nichols of the Tutors Association, let's focus our attention on the rationale behind the programme and what the programme has been designed to address. So how did the NTP come about? Despite the considerable efforts of schools and parents to support remote learning during the school closures and lockdown back in 2020 and currently in 2021, many pupils have fallen significantly behind in their learning. According to the stats, these pupils are most likely to be from homes which have a lack of additional access to mobile devices and laptops poor Wi-Fi connection and from disadvantaged circumstances, meaning that the gap in attainment between this group and their classmates will almost certainly be widened. 
The National Tutoring Programme was designed to address this issue and was developed by a collaboration of five charities. The Education Endowment Foundation, Sutton Trust, Impetus, Nesta and Teach First, who are all working in partnership with the Department for Education, who are investing £350 million towards this scheme as part of a wider £1 billion catch-up programme. So what exactly is the National Tutoring Programme? It is a UK national programme to provide pupils with blocks of up to 15 hours of one-to-one -one or small group tuition, with the aim of helping them catch up with schoolwork in subjects such as English, humanities, maths, modern foreign languages, science, and primary support in numeracy, literacy, and science. The NTP is aimed at supporting pupils between the ages of 5 and 16 and to initially focus on students who are eligible for the pupil premium. Now the NTP is only accessible through schools. This means that it is the school that determines which students are eligible to receive the extra tuition support. Next you will hear from the Tutors Association President John Nichols and Upreach's broadcasting team member, Natalie, who will be explaining more about the NTP. Eduscope, putting your education through a lens. As the National Tutoring Programme is primarily utilising tuition support to help students catch up with their education, Natalie, who was an amazing force behind our broadcasting volunteer team last year, thought it fitting to speak with John Nichols of the Tutors Association to find out his opinion of the programme before it was introduced. John Nichols is a highly experienced leader in the education sector. He has served as a classroom teacher for an award-winning educational charity and as co-founder for a specialist e-learning company, Get My Grades. He has also served as Director, Vice President and the current President of the Tutors Association, the TTA. The Tutors Association is the national professional association representing tutors and tuition providers of all types and helping to ensure rigorous standards of education and safeguarding across the tuition sector. So let's hear from John Nichols about exactly what the NTP is the school years which will benefit from the scheme, how the Tutors Association is involved in shaping the NTP, the number of pupils that the scheme expects to reach, and the main reason for the scheme. What is the NTP scheme? So the NTP is the National Tutoring Programme. It's a, a government programme which has been announced earlier this year primarily to help students catch up as a result of, uh, of issues following the coronavirus pandemic. So obviously a lot of students have fallen behind and the students that are most likely to have fallen behind are likely to be those that are from disadvantaged backgrounds where they've struggled, maybe they don't have as much technology at home or they don't have as many learning resources or, or as conducive learning environment. And really those are the students that are most likely to fall behind. And therefore that would widen the gap between the most advantaged and the least advantaged students in the country. And very much the National Tutoring Programme is designed to counter that in some, in some serious manner by deploying tutors, using public money to, to deploy tutors from approved providers across the country, primarily to deal with disadvantaged students. But that will be decided by the school is in terms of exactly who will will be using what money to, to, to get what tuition. Which school years are going to be involved in the scheme? So, yeah, it's a good question. And at the moment, we don't have very definitive restrictions announced. So it seems to be that the scheme is likely to be open for schools to decide for themselves which year groups are most in need. And there isn't too much of a prescription from government, central government, as to who they can and can't use it for. There is certainly a, a segment of that funding, the £350 million funding for the NTP, which is part of a broader £1 billion catch-up fund. The £350 million funding for the NTP actually involves several different subsections. One of those subsections is £96 million, which has been set aside for the 16 to 19 sector, so further education, colleges and such like. Much of the rest of it is likely to go on year five and six and year 10 and 11. 
um, primarily because they are the years where the impact of the coronavirus pandemic, and these we're talking about next year's year five and six and next year's year 10 and 11, they're the years where the impact of the coronavirus pandemic is likely to have been more acute, especially the current year 10s, for example, who are moving into year 11 uh, in the next academic year. They've missed a significant portion of perhaps of their GCC courses, and it's expected that most of the tuition will go on those students rather than perhaps on year seven or eight students who aren't quite at the same stage in their school careers and the stakes aren't quite so high for them. There's a bit more time for them to catch up before their school leaving GCC exams. Yeah, brilliant. So how is the teaching association kind of part of this whole scheme with multiple departments? and? Yeah, absolutely. So the Tutors Association hasn't been directly contracted by government to deal with this, but we have offered our support and, and had discussions with various other organisations that are running this, including the EEF. And we've offered our support in a number of different areas because we have a lot of expertise and knowledge of the tuition sector, more than any other organisation in the UK. So we are well placed to be able to provide input and guidance for different organisations in the successful construction of this scheme. One of the key things we want to make sure is that the scheme is not restricted just to the charitable sector or just to particular providers or certain type of providers. We want to make sure that the, as much of the tuition sector that can competently engage with it as possible is involved. And that's really our focus to make sure the criteria are not overly restrictive uh, beyond the ability to deliver effective tuition at the appropriate scale. Um, so we've been offering our assistance in various different respects, uh, as well as shaping the national agenda on, on how to construct an effective tuition programme and national tutoring programme, because that's exactly where our expertise lies. We know about tuition a lot. I myself have been a tutor for a number of years uh, previously. I've uh, worked with a whole range of different partners and organisations to do that but in the charitable sector and obviously in the private sector as well. We know and understand how a national tutoring programme can be implemented and we're obviously willing to support and we are supporting in any way we can. So how many peoples do you expect to reach in the NTP scheme? Really, really difficult question to answer. Um, there are a large number of, uh, of students that are categorised as disadvantaged um, in receipt of uh, pupil premium funding. But I think the estimates range between one and three million hours of tuition which would probably be 100 to 200,000 students. But those numbers are very much ballpark figures and the, and the eventual outcome could be, could be a bit different. There's definitely talk of using a significant amount of the funding for small group tuition, which obviously would extend the reach of that funding significantly, although it may lower the impact because we know that small group tuition is less impactful than individual tuition for some fairly obvious common sense reasons. It's less personalised, for example. But however, it's, it's very much the case that uh, we expect a significant number in the hundreds of thousands of students to be affected by this scheme and to benefit from it. So is that the main reason why the NTP scheme is needed, is just to make sure that those hundreds of thousands of students are catched up with their education and for what they missed for the coronavirus, essentially? Yeah, so the, the presumption is that schools will be in the best position to decide which students have, have fallen furthest behind, which students are in need of most support, and that the, the, the NTP will be used by schools to address those deficits. Uh, and that's certainly what the prescription is from government. Schools should pick which of their students are most have fallen behind most, which have been the most adversely affected, and really look to address that with the National Teaching Programme. It's not being designed to put in place special extension programs for high achievers, for example, mm. who are already probably doing all right. Uh, it is mostly focused on, on catching up for the students that need it most. You're listening to The Eduscope Show with me, Ariane, from Upreach in the Community. I would like to elaborate on a point that was made during the first portion of the interview between John and Natalie just now and for us to gain some understanding as to the impact that the school closures have had on the inequalities gap and the attainment gap of students. The Institute for Fiscal Studies, IFS, produced a report that was published in February 2021 called Inequalities in Responses to School Closures Over the Course of the First COVID-19 Lockdown. The report analyzes how the differences in school reopenings in 2020 affected the learning experiences of school children in the UK. 650 school-aged children were observed between April-May 
during the first national closure, and then again in June-July, during the phase of the partial reopenings. In summary, the report found little evidence that children adapted to home learning over the course of the lockdown. Rather, the amount of learning time fell among those who were not offered the chance to return to school. Pupils who did return to school saw their learning time increase substantially. However, while the opportunity to return to in-person schooling at least part-time was offered to most students, it was the better off parents who were about 50% more likely to send their children back to school given the choice. It is important to state that the primary reasons for those parents not wanting to send their children back to school, which include those from less well-off backgrounds, is due to the caution relating to the adverse health impacts of returning to school during the COVID pandemic. Other reasons include a reluctance for their children to be the first ones to return to school, as well as practical issues with transport. So, if better off students increase their learning time even more when they return to school, and students from less well-off families are less likely to have the home and school resources available to make home learning effective, this must mean that there is a real risk that an optional return to school would widen inequalities within the school year. The results from the report suggest that keeping schools closed will widen educational inequality between poorer pupils and their wealthier peers, and that substantial targeted support will be needed to help disadvantaged students catch up even after all children are back in the classroom. So what has been your experience of the school closures? Students, tell me if you have been able to set a solid study routine at home or if you have struggled to gain access to online school and resources. Parents, how have you managed to balance your child's at-home learning routine with your other commitments? Tweet us at UpreachCIC and use the hashtag TheEduscopeShow to join in on the conversation. Got something to say? Tweet us at UpreachCIC or use the hashtag TheEduscopeShow. Since the introduction of the National Tutoring Programme back in October 2020, some educational professionals have raised concerns as to the reach of the NTP. We heard John mention to Natalie that it was hard to estimate the actual number of pupils who will benefit from the NTP, although he did state that there might be between 1 to 3 million hours of tuition available. This does seem like an incredible amount of tuition hours, but the Head Teacher Updates article entitled Concern at Prospect of National Tutoring Programme Caps back in November 2020 stated that the NTP has only funded 250,000 places initially and that this will not be enough to provide support to every disadvantaged pupil in England. In the same article, Nick Brook, Deputy General Secretary of the National Association of Head Teachers, said that the NTP has great potential in the long term, but right now was severely constrained by the number of tutors available. He added, the scope of the NTP this year appears to be capped at 250,000 pupils, a significant number but still a fraction of the 1.4 million children in receipt of free school meals, for instance. It is crucial that this finite support is targeted to those pupils that can benefit most. To do so, the registration system cannot be on a first-come, first-served basis. Schools aren't booking concert tickets here, so allocations must come down to more than timing and good luck. According to nationaltutoring.org.uk, which is the official website for the National Tutoring Programme, each selected child is eligible for a block of up to 15 hours of tutoring in the academic year. So what do you think? Do you think that this is enough support to help a student catch up in subjects such as English, humanities, maths, modern foreign languages and science? Send us a message on Instagram at UpreachCIC and share your opinions with us. Stay tuned as later on in the episode, I will be outlining some other concerns of the NTP.
Next, I will be outlining some of the possible reasons why the government chose tuition as a way to bridge the attainment gap. Demystifying the taboo subjects of education. This is Eduscope. So why has the government focused on tuition as a way to bridge the attainment gap during the pandemic? There is overwhelming evidence that consistent one-to-one private tuition or tuition in small groups is beneficial to a student's learning. Whether they are aiming to maintain their grades, fill in the gaps in their knowledge, or request help with revision and exam preparation, frequent tuition provides the intensive and isolated guidance that a classroom teacher would not be able to provide to each individual student. The Education Endowment Foundation's Teaching and Learning Toolkit suggests that frequent and regular one-to-one tuition that is linked to normal teaching and delivered by experienced tutors and teachers can boost students' progress by up to five months. Small group tuition in groups of twos and threes is also effective, but has a slightly lower impact than one-to-one tuition. I can certainly attest to these findings as a private tutor myself. I always remember a student I tutored a few years ago who was lacking so much confidence with maths and with his schooling in general. I tried so many strategies to help him raise his attainment in maths, especially as previous tuition attempts did not render much progress and his exams were fast approaching. My first course of action was to identify his weak areas, so I contacted his school and asked for his progress reports and I also assessed his level with a few exam style questions. Initially, we attempted to grasp his challenging topics in the traditional way, so grasp the subject using revision books and then answer practice questions and example past paper questions to solidify his knowledge. But it didn't quite work with this student. We then tried the You Teach Me method, where he guided me through what he understood and the steps that he took to get there. In the first instance, he got it, but then the methods just didn't stick. Above it all, I realised that there were gaps in the student's knowledge and his confidence and assertiveness were at rock bottom. Unfortunately, every time he answered a question incorrectly, I could visibly see his confidence being knocked out of him bit by bit, which then led to this nonchalant attitude that was contradictory to his learning. I certainly did not want this young boy to associate learning with this awful feeling. So for a moment I took off my tutor hat and I put on my mentor hat and I asked him, what do you think the problem is? How do you think we can solve this? What would you like to achieve? It was evident that this student was eager to learn. He wanted to pass his GCSEs but he had difficulties retaining information because he felt that the questions and the syllabus were not relatable. My student told me that he had dreams of becoming a business salesman, a car salesman to be exact, and wanted to own a huge house with a swimming pool and his interests were football. Our next topics were on averages, mean, mode, median and range, frequency tables and area, perimeter and volume. So with my students' dreams, interests, and the maths GCSE syllabus in mind, I created questions that simulated what he could relate to. They included things like the tasks that a self-employed car salesman would need to carry out, how to create football league tables and calculate corresponding averages, and how to calculate how much paint is needed for the outside of his grand house. He instantly got it. In my opinion, private tuition is all about coming together as a team to work towards a common goal, understanding the learning style and interests of the student and recognising that sometimes it's the levels of confidence that we need to progressively work on. The Eduscope Show is brought to you by Upreach in the community. You may be wondering about the actual workings of the NTP. John Nichols elaborates on this along with how academic mentors and tutors will be chosen and if there is a possibility of smaller organisations, such as Upreach in the community, being chosen as NTP partners. 
how is the NTP scheme actually like working as a product? Yeah, so the National Tutoring Programme is being run by a a series of charities. Uh, I should point out at this point that there are two strands to the National Tutoring Programme. One is the NTP Academic Mentors. Uh, That will be mostly run by Teach First, the charity which places high achieving graduates in schools as teachers. Uh, They will be running the NTP Academic Mentors, which is used to be called NTP coaches when the scheme was first announced Uh, and that's separate to tuition really that's about placing an academic mentor in a number of schools across the country funded by the school employed by the school effectively as a an assistant to the the school to be able to use as they see fit but the majority of the NTP funding is expected to go on the NTP partners program which is the use of approved providers to provide tuition to schools on a on a subsidized basis so the schools will purchase the tuition but it will be subsidized by 75 percent or up to 75 percent but it's assumed that it'll be 75 percent per hour so for example if a school is paying 50 pounds for an hour of tuition uh, the school actually is only going to pay 12 pounds 50 and the other 37 pounds 50 will be contributed by the ntp uh, the ntp program itself is being run by the education endowment foundation they are the ones that have been that are leading uh, on the program they have been given the funding by the department for education to, to deliver this and the eef will be issuing a funding call for prospective approved providers to submit bids to become approved providers and they will announce who is going to be the approved provider um, we expect they'll be given the scale of the program there'll be quite a number of approved providers certainly um, not just five or ten. It'll be more, more more like the region of 50, 60 sort of approved providers. However, that will mean that probably a large number of organisations will bid as consortiums or consortia in order to be able to have the scale and the reach and the resources to be able to deliver the programme at the scale that is being required. Um, it's unlikely that the EEF would want to deal with more than, say, 100 organisations, and I don't think that's going to be the case. So two questions from that. So you said the academic mentors, how are they going to get picked? Because you said recent graduates from the Teach First scheme, how would they be picked as good teachers, essentially? Well, I can't really answer that very effectively. I suppose the best people to answer that are Teach First. So I would, I'd suggest you talk to them yeah. in more detail to ask about how the selection for academic mentors is likely to progress. I think it's likely that we can assume that they'll use a similar process to what they currently do use to recruit uh, teachers onto the Teach First program. I was on the Teach First program some years ago, so uh, so I know a bit about what that looks like. Effectively, there'll be an assessment centre, there'll be an application process, there'll be an assessment centre for those for the people that have sort of uh, progressed through their application, and they will basically judge people on their ability to work in a school, potentially in a challenging environment, and communicate clearly with students and be patient, provide support, and and relatively well suited to that kind of uh, of work. And they'll probably have similar requirements to the, the Teach First program, where they'll be expected to have a two one from a relatively academic university and that kind of thing. So that's only relatively speculation, um, but I think that's probably a fair assumption to make at this stage from outside of Teach First. However, I'm sure Teach First we can give more details about how academic mentors will be selected. So you said about the 50 to 60 consortium, for example, Upreach are a small grassroots nonprofit organisation. Would they be chosen to help with this or would they actually, because they would favour a larger organisation? I think the preference is is on larger organisations that can deliver to a significant number of schools. So working with sort of 10, 15 schools is unlikely, very unlikely to be sufficient to participate in the NTP there will certainly be a requirement for a significant number of those providers to be able to service 50, 100 or more schools at the same time. Um, I think it's very likely because of that, that probably the sufficient numbers of organisations, tutoring organisations don't really exist. The large majority of tutoring organisations in the, in the UK are relatively small and don't deliver to that scale currently. I think it's very, very likely in that case that most of the successful bids will be uh, partnerships or consortia or in other, some other form of combination of efforts between multiple different organisations. The Tutors Association is actually working very hard to facilitate that and to help connect charities and organisations, non-profits, social enterprises with private sector organisations who have a lot of experience uh, in providing tuition very effectively and very efficiently. 
because we are keen to see as broad a range of people involved in the NDP as possible, and particularly drawing on the expertise that's available across the country. And we don't think there should be a restriction on that to one segment of the uh, people that could basically be part of this program. So I think my, my overarching message there is if you are interested in being involved, unless you are representing a very large organization with a lot of experience delivering tuition programs in schools, you should probably assume that you'll be doing this consortium or in partnership with other organizations. I'd be very happy for people to get in touch with the Tutors Association directly. You can do so at info at thetutorsassociation.org.uk. And we will help to try and put organizations together that are likely to be compatible, that will have complementary skill sets and the expertise. Very few organizations probably have the capacity and the expertise to do this on their own. You're listening to The Eduscope Show with me, Ariane, from Upreach in the Community. We heard from John Nichols that the NTP is comprised of two components. Firstly, NTP academic mentors are trained graduates and employed by schools in the most disadvantaged areas to provide intensive catch-up support to their pupils, allowing teachers in these schools to focus on their classrooms. This is according to the NTP official website. Teach First is responsible for the delivery of NTP academic mentors. Secondly, we have the NTP partners, where state-maintained mainstream schools and specialist settings are able to access heavily subsidised tuition from an approved list of tuition partners. 33 organisations in total have been carefully selected through a quality evaluation process and are given support and funding in order to reach more disadvantaged pupils. In order to be selected, each organisation was put through a selection process last year and were required to meet certain eligibility criteria, some of which included experience of working with schools and disadvantaged pupils, adequate tutor training, having suitable systems and processes in place to facilitate school and pupil communications, and importantly, to measure the usefulness of the tuition. You can find a full list of all NTP approved tuition providers on our link tree, linktr.ee forward slash upreach in the community. What we have here is a two-pillared approach to ensuring that students are able to catch up. But what we have also heard is that this initiative is only available for state-maintained schools. Is the NTP provision for state-funded schools only a good or a bad thing? Let us know your opinion on Instagram, Twitter or LinkedIn. John Nichols shares his opinion. So as you said, the scheme is only available for state-funded schools. Do you think that's a good or bad thing? Because, yes, even in private schools, there is still a level of people can afford to go to private school, but therefore cannot afford to have that extra tuition, as you as you said. Mm. Do you think that that will cause more of a disparity again? I think there's a good rationale for the government to say, look, it's only available to the state sector. Private schools operate independently of the state sector. I mean, often they're called independent schools. And I think it is reasonably fair that they're expected to fund tuition themselves if that's what they want to purchase for their students. I think there's a very good case for private schools to say, you know what, this is actually very interesting and in that it provides a vetted list of providers, some of whom might be appropriate to their own circumstances. So it may well be the case that even if they don't get the subsidy, that uh, if the tuition is being billed at £50 an hour, uh, which is actually a reasonable rate for tuition, especially if it's from experienced and very well-qualified tutors, then private schools may decide that actually that's pretty good value and they will pay £50 an hour for that tuition for some of their students anyway, notwithstanding the fact they're not going to be eligible for the subsidy. So I think that it doesn't necessarily need to be that the, the private sector is completely excluded from having any form of participation at all. They won't be eligible for the subsidy, but there's nothing to stop them going to the same approved providers that are approved for state schools and saying, uh, can we purchase the services at the full price rather than a subsidized price? And I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing to assume that could happen. And again, especially as we get more information on evaluation and impact, some private schools may decide that's the route they want to go down. 
This is the Edgescope Show, here on Chalk Hill Community Radio. Some time has passed since the NTP was initially launched after the October 2020 half-term. So I would like to give you the latest updates as of January 2021, straight from the NTP website. The most recent information states that 28 out of the 33 tuition partners are able to deliver tuition online to pupils in schools and are also currently approved to deliver online at home tuition in accepted circumstances. The NTP had initially funded 250,000 places and in the two months following the November 2020 lockdown, over 90,000 students were enrolled onto the scheme. With growing fears of capacity caps being put in place, the Department for Education has released plans to extend the NTP for a further two years until 2022, which includes the 2021 to 2022 academic year. However, the exact funding figure for this extension is still unknown. The NTP Phase 2 is expected to be delivered from September 2021. As we know, The National Tutoring Programme is designed to provide extra assistance to schools and parents in their efforts to support students' education. However, we have to address some of the issues and concerns surrounding the scheme. Earlier on in the episode, Natalie brought up the concern about the NTP only being accessible to state-funded schools, as private school students may also need some support with catching up with their schoolwork at this time. I outlined that the capped ability of tuition places and tuition hours will not be adequate to help all 1.4 million disadvantaged students in the UK to catch up. Our broadcasting team has done a little digging into some of the other common concerns surrounding the NTP. Prior to the pandemic and lockdown, pupils from the least affluent families were significantly less likely to have been tutored compared to those from the most affluent families, a gap that has likely been widened during lockdown. Will the £1 billion wider catch-up package, including the NTP, be enough to reduce this gap? Given previous and current government rules on social distancing and the current roadmap out of lockdown, many students and tutors are understandably still apprehensive about receiving and delivering face-to-face tuition. Does this mean that online tuition would disadvantage those without internet access for yet a second and third time? The NTP was launched in late October 2020, which was quite a late start compared to the first phase of school closures in April-May. Tutors and teachers believe that this was too late to make a concrete difference and it might have been simpler to just give the schools the funding, especially if schools have existing relationships with tutoring providers. Another opinion is that the NTP is far too complex to navigate. Schools have fed back and suggested that the NTP website needs to be in a simpler format that helps them to find the right provider quickly without having to search through a vast amount of information. Tutoring isn't a panacea, according to some. Although tutoring is proven to be one of the most effective interventions available, it might not actually be suitable for every child, nor can it make up for the loss in education experience during the lockdown. Have you experienced the NTP? What were your thoughts prior to the programme's introduction last year? Now that you have experienced the NTP, has your opinion changed at all? Contact us via our email, info at upreachinthecommunity.com or Instagram at upreachcic. Edgescope, putting your education through a lens. Regarding the NTP's academic tutors, how do we know that the recent graduates will be able to give the same level of quality as more experienced teachers and tutors? Will their lack of experience allow them to cater to all kinds of students, such as pupils with learning difficulties? John Nichols shares his thoughts regarding how the quality of tuition might be overseen. Uh, so similarly to do with the 
expectation and the like you want to have the best people there how are you going to oversee the quality of the tuition we've offered our help extensively to the eef to ensure that there is, the tuition is of high quality it, ultimately that's a question for the eef who are running the program but certainly all of the the tta will be endorsing certain consortia that comply with its its quite strict standards and, and rules around how the tuition will be delivered and tta endorsed consortia will be to some extent overseen directly by tta so that, that we are confident that those organizations are delivering a very high quality of service um, there will obviously be a number of approved providers that are not endorsed by TTA. And again, we can't really comment on how the quality will be overseen there. And that will be up to the, the EEF to design uh, a framework around how that evaluation and that quality control will work. Certainly for TTA endorsed bids, they will have to submit to agree to our rigorous code of conduct. So all the tutors and all the, the actual companies that are members of those consortia will have to, to agree to our code of conduct, which is very robust includes a whole range of areas of professional tuition practice and delivery, uh, as well as general good conduct and safeguarding. Um, we will provide them with safeguarding policies and materials which we expect they will follow and safeguarding guidelines. Uh, that includes the things like the requirement that all tutors have a DBS that's a maximum of one year old and, and various other practices. So TTMM has already subscribed to this code of conduct, which we're tightening up in for the NTP specifically. And we've actually got an NTP task force which is dedicated to carrying out work to support TTA endorsed consortia to put in bids for the National Tutoring Programme to become approved providers. And we will be taking that very seriously and TTA endorsed providers will be hallmarks of quality, I have no doubt. Uh, they already are in many cases and operating across the country very successfully. It is important to reiterate that only those organisations with the greatest ability to provide the highest quality tutoring and pass critical screening have been chosen as tuition partners. This ensures that students are not falling behind in their studies and are getting top level support with their education. There are many supporting the opinion that at-home tutoring should be prioritised. The results from our opinion poll reveals concern regarding the daily timetable. Students are keen on welcoming the NTP into the current schooling routine, with more than half of those surveyed in favour of adding tuition sessions to the end of the school day, versus incorporating it into the daily timetable. Furthermore, there's a growing fear of having to manage the extra workload in an already busy school day. This is in support of the rationale behind prioritising in-school tutoring, as studies show that tutoring delivered during the school day is likely to have the largest impact. You'll hear more from our opinion poll later on, but for now, John Nichols shares his thoughts on whether adding additional tuition to students' current school timetable would be of benefit or detriment. So the schools either can choose between during the normal school day or in addition to. If they do it during their timetable day, doesn't that surely disadvantage them again because they're not, they're catching up on work and then they're going to catch up on the work that they're They've essentially, missed. yeah, so then they're in this endless cycle of catching up on work. <laughs> yeah, if done properly, I doubt that it will it'll have a negative impact at all, even if it is done within the school day. I mean, you have to also bear in mind that sometimes not every single minute and hour within the school day is spent at the maximum level of productivity. And there are some cases where students are sitting in lessons um, as much as we try to prevent this. And all teachers across the country are trying to prevent this. I don't mean to say this is any, any way derogatory on teachers. I've been a teacher myself. I know this is the case from personal experience. There are going to be some cases inevitably where the students that are falling furthest behind are actually not benefiting from the lesson as well because you need to keep moving on through the curriculum but actually some of them can't really engage with the new material and despite your best efforts to differentiate it that can be a challenge so it may be the case actually in some circumstances if a student's not going to effectively be able to access the the new material that's being provided in the lesson it's much much more beneficial for them to go be taken out of that lesson and have personalized support in an area where they really really need help to make much more progress much more rapidly and i think that's a very reasonable presumption i mean in the tuition sector itself there's commonly an assumption that uh, one hour of uh, individual tuition is approximately as a rule of thumb worth up to three hours of classroom time 
And so I would say that if you're taking students out of a lesson where they're perhaps not quite able to access the, the course content and you're giving them a focused tutorial which addresses exactly what their needs are we've delivered by a professional tutor who has got experience in delivering actual tuition which is a separate skill from classroom teaching i think there is no reason to believe that that's going to detract from the overall productivity and output of the education sector so on a positive note the national tutoring program has been seen as a welcomed resource when it comes to reversing the gap between disadvantaged students and their peers and it is a tool to provide assistance for teachers. It is vital that tutors and teachers have a solid working relationship and that they have the students' best interests at heart, as tuition needs to be linked to what is taught in the classroom to have effective results. Students are able to have one-to-one -one versatile support, either online or in person in certain circumstances, which is personalised and tailored to the subjects and topics that they need the most help with. The flexibility of scheduling can also be a huge stress reliever. Small group sessions are proving to be as effective as one-to-one -one tuition, as it provides an engaging peer environment for students to learn. Edgescope is brought to you by the participants of Upskill Yourself. We have been running a long-term survey to gain a better understanding of students' thoughts and opinions of the NTP, which I will share with you now. 80% of the students who took the survey ranged between ages 14 to 18, with only a little over 15% having previous knowledge of the NTP. With the majority of students enrolled in state comprehensive schools, the global pandemic has led to an increased difficulty in maintaining a study routine, particularly in subjects such as science and geography. Some students claim that the lack of resources and imbalanced work to teaching ratio has negatively affected their grades and overall mental health. The students who responded to the survey feel overwhelmed by the amount of work that they are assigned and make comments on the inconsistency in which content is being delivered. In an effort to achieve top marks, students are rather open to the idea of having a tutor help them catch up on missing work. From our conducted survey, we gathered a sense of desperation when it came to receiving help from a tutor. When asked if they would prefer a tutor to be a recent graduate or a more professional tutor, one student responded, either, I am happy with whoever is willing to help me. It is widely known that each student learns differently and uses diverse techniques to grasp challenging concepts. This is heavily reflected in the varying responses we received regarding students' tutor preferences. 50% of students were in favour of combining one-to-one -one tuition with group sessions and there was a three-way tie between just one-to-ones just group sessions and having no preference either way. Want to get involved in the conversation? Tweet us at UpbreachCIC or use the hashtag TheEdgescopeShow. In addition to surveying the students, we also surveyed parents who shared their support, worries and opinions about the NTP. With the majority of parents polled having no prior knowledge of the NTP, 100% of participants welcomed the idea. Outbursts of frustration, difficulty with social interaction, and the fear that the quality of education online is not up to par with face-to-face -face learning experiences are but a few of parents' concerns when it comes to how this pandemic has affected their children's learning. Currently, the NTP is only available through schools However, parents would like to have more say in whether or not they feel their child needs extra tutoring. With 75% of the parents polled claiming exams are extremely important, especially in regards to joining the workforce, it is no surprise that they are optimistic about the NTP as it provides a practical approach in helping their children achieve academic and lifelong success. At the forefront of this NTP, it is the timetable and whether or not it should be included within regular school hours or in addition to their daily schedule. 
parents voiced that they believe it would be more beneficial in addition. And their reasoning being, with one-to-one tutoring, children can receive a more personalised education while focusing on subjects each individual student finds challenging. In terms of who should actually be the ones tutoring young people, it was a resounding yes from parents for recent graduates with professional attitudes to take on the role. Graduates can display a sense of youthful energy, relatability and inspiration having just finished school and university themselves. Their fresh ideas and modern way of thinking could significantly aid a child in need of educational assistance. However, we must also look at the cons that the parents have suggested in hiring graduates. Some may not have the skills to tutor young students to an appropriate level. They may lack organisational traits and ultimately would not have the experience of a more established tutor. Of course, parents only want the absolute best for their children and they hope that the NTP can give students confidence in their own abilities, improve upon their learning skills and go into their GCSE without unnecessary stress. This is the Edgescope Show. So what have we learnt from today's episode? We have understood better the government's rationale behind the National Tutoring Programme, the workings of the NTP, and the perceived positives and concerns of the programme. We have pinpointed the valued opinions of educators, students and parents, as well as what is next for the programme. Will the NTP actually narrow the attainment and disadvantage gap? Well, only time will tell. But whatever the overall results are from the programme, the overarching theme is to help the next generation in having the best chance of education and life opportunities. Thank you to our Upskill Yourself participants and mentors for their valued input on this episode and the students and parents whose opinions from our survey have been shared. Also, thank you to our guest, John Nichols from the Tutors Association for joining us and sharing his insight on the National Tutoring Programme. Don't forget to tune in for episode three on Saturday the 8th of May, 2021, where we will be focusing on effective study skills. I will be looking into the different learning styles, the effects that the pandemic has had on study routines and some tips for studying at home. I'll be joined by two special guests who excelled in their GCSEs last year, despite the challenges that the pandemic threw their way. They will be joining me in the next episode and also in future episodes to share with you their tips and tricks for successful studying. Well, that's it from me, Ariane Mercurius-Taylor and the Eduscope Show for now. But before I go, here is some motivation and something to think about for the month ahead. Give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. Abraham Lincoln. Edgescope is the place to be. Education for the community. The Edgescope Show on Chalk Hill Community Radio. An internet radio show identifying, exploring and discussing the many factors that influence our children and young people's educational progress.